So for everybody out there, if you're ashamed or afraid to tell your friends, everybody I've told has got me closer together, together with them. This past year, I was the first time I sat with Rondé Barber, who's been one of my best friends I've ever had since, the, since he got drafted. And we have a whole crew together, me, him, a guy named Ben Helfund and Brian Radigan. And, and Raheem Morris is in that group too. And I was down at the Super Bowl and I had one of those days and I said, hey man, I need to see all you guys. So what's up? He, he thought I was making some big announcement. I said, hey man, I just need to see you, man. I'm, and then I, I kind of really told them how bad my depression anxiety is. And they're like, why have you never told us this before? I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing now. So that's what I'm doing now with people to get them to understand. But the other thing I want you to understand, I'm not using it as a crutch. Like my depression anxiety has led me to be this successful. Right. My lack of ability to love myself from the inside has made me do all these great things on the outside to make me feel some love. So I'm not going to let it end me. I'm going to continue to have it empower me. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this very special episode of the All About Fitness podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode, Mr. Jay Glazer. To give you a heads up, this is the first time I've done this. When Jay and I first spoke, there's an internet gremlin, the connection got wonky, and we dropped the conversation. So you're going to hear two parts of the conversation today. You're going to hear the first part that Jay and I recorded a little while ago, that, that was his background in MMA, how he got started in mixed martial arts, his background in competing, and how what that meant for him in his career. Because what Jay really does is, if you don't know the name Jay Glazer, Jay is an NFL reporter for Fox News or Fox Sports. Jay's been covering the NFL for years. He's worked around NFL athletes. But also, Jay has been an MMA fighter, been an MMA coach. The interesting thing is, Jay was involved in mixed martial arts in the founding in the early days of the sport. You're going to hear us talk about that a little bit. But most importantly is along the way, when Jay stopped his fighting career, when Jay stopped competing in the octagon, he became a coach and started working with, with other MMA athletes. But at the same time, he realized there was a lot of benefit of training like an MMA athlete for football players. Because he covered football, he had become friends with another fo- number of football players, and he recommended, hey, these are the way that the fighters are training for the octagon. Why don't you train the same way for what you do in football? And Jay created the Unbreakable Studio to really to help to help football players train like MMA athletes and to help MMA athletes just train at a higher level of intensity. Because one big thing that Jay focuses on is mindset. The mind controls the body. What you can visualize, what you can think about, what, what your brain tells you you can or can't do, your body can do. So one of the most important tools that we have One of the most important muscles in our body is the one between our ears. And and here's the thing. If we strain a muscle, if we break a bone, we kind of know how to fix that. We know what to do to heal an injured muscle or to heal an injured bone. But it's a heck of a lot harder to work on an injured brain. And that's where Jay has excelled the last number of years because he realized that there's a commonality between men leaving professional football leaving, retiring from the league and and transitioning after the league and veterans, combat veterans returning and leaving the service. And you're going to hear Jay talk about that because what he's done is start this amazing program called Merging Vets and Players. 
I'll say that again, merging vets and players. They call it MVP. So what Jay does at his Unbreakable studio in L.A. is he gets combat veterans together with current and former professional athletes and has them train together, not just for physical accomplishment, but for their mental health, for their wellness. And that's what we're talking about today is we're talking about that mental conditioning. Yes, it's important for sport, but it's much more important for life. And I'm going to have a link down to it below in the show notes, the link to the YouTube clip of it. But recently, Jay interviewed a, a professional football player named Lane Johnson with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Lane took a couple weeks off because he was dealing with depression and anxiety. Especially with Veterans Day coming up, when I got the opportunity to speak with Jay about this and about what he's doing with Unbreakable. So he has his Unbreakable studio where athletes and veterans train together. But he also has, he's created a line of products through GNC called Unbreakable. They're a supplement line to support training. And the supplements, here's a beautiful thing. If you buy supplements, try Unbreakable because the money from Unbreakable supports, goes directly to support the MVP program, Merging Vets and Players. So if you really care about doing something to help veterans as a return from being in combat, I, I couldn't even imagine. I've never served. I've never never served in the military. I couldn't imagine. I have no concept of what the amount of stress might be for somebody returning from seeing in action in Iraq or Afghanistan and trying to get back to normal life. And anything that we can do to help that transition become a little bit easier, we should get behind and support 100%. And that's what Jay's program does. And now too, this might not be as dire, but it is important. Professional athletes, when they leave their sport, there's a lot of mental health issues there because they go from being in the limelight to being in the center. And then all of a sudden they're just a face among the crowd, one among many. And it can be a challenge. I mean, we've seen high-level athletes, top athletes. I, I record. I live in San Diego. I record this in San Diego. And right around the time I had my first daughter was when Junior Seau committed suicide. And I'll share this here. I don't think I've talked about it. But when Junior Seau committed suicide, I've played a lot of rugby. I've had a lot of concussions due to rugby. And concussions, you don't have a bone sticking out of your skin. So if you get a, get a ringer... And this was back in the 90s. You get knocked in the head. You see double for a little bit. You keep playing. You just tackle the person in the middle. That was my mindset. But I've had the trauma to my brain. And I deal with depression. I've dealt with alcoholism. When Junior killed himself, and I was just about to have my daughter. We had my daughter a month after that. I went that summer. I went and saw a neurologist because I wanted to have my brain scanned. Because I know I deal with depression. I know I have other issues. And I know I have the head trauma. And so I wanted to get on top of it and start managing that. And that's one of the reasons why I stay sober is staying sober helps me put my brain in the best health, my, the best level of fitness for my brain possible. And then the, before I get to the interview, the final thing about exercise and the killer thing about high-intensity exercise. So when you hear Jay talk about training, and just a warning, there's some colorful language in here. I, I try not to generally. I try not to curse too much on, the, on this podcast. But sometimes you get into a conversation, you get so amped and so pumped, and, and Jay, Jay Glazer is that guy. Jay Glazer brings it. So you're going to hear a few curse words, and I apologize about that ahead of time. I don't mean to. I try not to use it just because I, I want to be respectful of you and your time. But the one thing to keep in mind about high-intensity training that Jay talks about in the interview is high-intensity training is not only good for our body physiologically. It can make our metabolism more efficient at producing energy, make our muscles more efficient at producing force, at being more explosive. High-intensity training does that. 
but high intensity exercise, more than moderate intensity exercise, high intensity exercise also elevates levels of something called BDNF. That's brain-derived neurotrophic factor. BDNF is a protein that stimulates the growth of new brain cells. It also promotes something called VEGF, vascular endothelial growth factor. So VEGF is vascular endothelial growth factor. BDNF is brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Both those are proteins. VEGF promotes the growth of new blood vessels and and blood arteries in in the brain. So VEGF promotes blood flow in the brain. BDNF promotes the growth of new brain cells. High-intensity exercise is very efficient at producing that, but high-intensity exercise is showing to be a little bit more efficient at helping your brain stay in good health, helping your brain be more efficient, operate more efficiently. All these reasons, the the high-intensity exercise, the camaraderie, the, the talking, Jay talks about having a therapist involved in his training program, all these reasons are, are why merging vets and players is so successful. So enough of that. This is a short interview but it's a fast-paced interview. Here we are with Jay Glazer talking about his experience with MMA and more importantly, talking about the program that he started through Unbreakable, which is merging vets and players about helping athletes and former service members or retired service members get through life and work on their mental health issues. Here we are with Fox NFL Insider, founder of Unbreakable, Mr. Jay Glazer. On this episode of All About Fitness, this is somebody I never thought I'd speak to, but I really am stoked for this conversation. It's Jay Glazer. How are you doing today, Jay? Well, how are you, man? I am doing well. The question I have, man, I've been I follow you loosely. Obviously, I'm an NFL fan. How did you get into being a coach, being a trainer, and into conditioning? I'm just going to jump right into it because that's one of the things. Like in my mind, it's like, how did you make that transition from being a reporter to being a strength coach? No, I'm not a strength coach. Okay. I told you, I have strength coaches to help us. I am uh, a fight coach or a mental fight coach, if you will. And look, you know, I started reporting back in the day in 93, covering the Giants, uh, and then was, you know, covering the NFL after that. But on the side, nobody knew I was fighting. Oh, okay. In the early days of, of mixed martial arts, you, you know, we were, uh, we were a little ostracized, if you will. You know, you couldn't really... Tell a girl who's uh, who you're dating's dad. Oh yeah, I'm fighting the cage. Like, what are you? What? <laughs> um, you know, and, and at the time, Senator McCain had come out and called it human cockfighting. But like for me, fighting um, is as much a, a mental health thing for me as anything else. Like the gym for me is a mental health place. I felt comfortable. I felt more comfortable in a cage with Randy Couture beating the hell out of me and safer there than I did outside our walls. Right. doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of other people, but I, I'm sure you get it a little bit, right? Like, man, those, those walls for me are just, it's a safe place. And, you know, so here I was fighting in the early days and nobody knew. And, <laughs> um, and at the time I was working at CBS. So, so I, look, I started wrestling in 1982, boxing in 88, I think. Um, and then took off for a while and was just kind of a screw up. And then, uh, was taking a, a form of martial arts, Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee style. And my coach at the time, uh, Christian Montez's name, he was getting ready to fight in his first mixed martial arts event, which was an illegal fight in uh, Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. It wasn't legalized until a couple of years ago. Um, 
and he needed help. He said, I know you have a wrestling background. Can you help me down with these takedowns? And I was like, yeah, sure. And once I took him down, he's like, now you can punch me in the face. I'm like, well, hell, this is fantastic. <laughs> so I got involved and I was a CBS at the time. And I was like, man, I really want to do this. And uh, there was a guy named Mark Kerr, who ironically I train with now, the Smashing Machine. HBO just did a documentary on him. And I was like, man, that's, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. So here I am working at CBS, covering the NFL for CBS. And I went into the bosses there and I said, hey, uh, I want to compete in this mixed martial arts. And they just heard martial arts and they're like, oh, that's cute. No problem. And, <laughs> and, and nothing like that. And I would literally go down, man, you know, one, one weekend went down to Atlantic City Boardwalk Hall, fought, beat my guy, um, and got back in the car, was on TV the next day, and nobody had any idea. And um, except I had a, a big weld here, because back then, at least these rules, you could headbutt. I think in my fight, you were able to headbutt once and get a warning. <laughs> and then so I was like, absolutely. Um, and then I broke that knuckle, and so I just kept it like in my you know, pocket. Well, man, fast forward, I signed with Fox now a few months later. And uh, the day before my first day at Fox, I competed in the Naga Worlds and, and won those at World Submission Fighting Championships. <clears throat> and but somehow I ended up getting, like, I, I, I love to fight. I didn't say I'm very good, though. So I come <laughs> in, my first day at Fox, my eyes shut, my foot is broke, my ribs are broken. The boss of the Fox are like, what happened to you? I'm like, I just won the World Submission Fighting Championship. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what that is, but you will never, ever do it again. I'm like, why? I'm clearly not on TV for my looks. Um, <laughs> and so I kept doing it on the side uh, out here in Arizona. And, man, I kept coming in, busted up, busted up, busted up. And finally, there was one day I went to go. I was hosting a show. Uh, it was myself, Eddie George, Tim Brown, and Jason Seahorn. That day, one of my teammates was getting ready. Uh, Jamie Varner was a teammate. He was getting ready to fight Benson Henderson for the WEC lightweight championship of the world. I was sparring with, with him and another guy named Tim McKenzie. And this was the day, the day before. Um, Jamie cracked this bone on me right here, right? And Tim McKenzie gave me a gash here and then up kicked me and broke that tooth. This one right here. And I come in to host this show. <laughs> the makeup artist is like, uh, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, what? You, just, you know, you put some makeup. She's like, you're missing a tooth. <laughs> so I hosted the entire show like this. Hi, everybody. Jay Glazer, Tim Brown, Jason Sierra, Eddie George. And the bosses called me in and said, hey, listen, we're all about your fight career. Really? Yeah. You come in as anything that a hangnail from now on. You're off Fox. You're off our air forever. And, but, you know, I'm sure for, for all your listener, listeners and viewers out there, you can understand it. Like, man, I need that, right? You need fitness. People need to work up. We need to train. I need to train here to keep the rumors in my head talking nicely to each other. So I shifted from, okay, they said I can't fight. They didn't say anything about coaching. So I literally learned how to coach immediately. And I started coaching these football players that I was covering and I was training with. And what I was trying to do is teach the football players, the fighter mentality, and this relentlessness that we have at Unbreakable now, this relentless, our style is just relentless, 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 like nonstop. We're exhausting until you go, holy crap, get him off me. <laughs> we to teach our players that. 
And then I was trying to take the sport IQ that football players have. It's extremely smart. And given to our fighters, how to watch film, how to look for tendencies, things like that. And man, the whole thing just blew up. The, the first guy we ever trained was a, a long snapper from the Chiefs. And people don't know this. He's a part-time defensive end, long snapper from the Chiefs. Got drafted as a long snapper. We took 25 pounds off his frame. Um, really got his hands whizzing. Opened up his hips like crazy, but more than anything, we shifted it. Mate, he may not have been the baddest SOB on the planet, but we got him to think he is. And that long snapper was Jared Allen, who then went out and got 15 sacks that year and credited us with a lot of it. And all of a sudden, everybody called in the league and said, holy crap, whatever you did for him, do it for us. And I was like, I don't know what the hell we did for him. So <laughs> Randy Couture and a couple other guys got together. We, we put together this program, the first – you know, mixed martial arts cross-training program in America for, for pro athletes. And you know, you were asking me about the strength conditioning side of it. What I do is I coach between the years behind the ribcage. Right? That's what I'm going to do. I need strength conditioning coaches to build up that body armor so we could use that body better um, what's surrounding between the years and behind the ribcage. I know it's a long-ass answer for you, man, but yeah, I'm giving you the, the whole backstory. So I love the fact that your background is in mixed martial arts. Because as a young guy, I remember we're about the same age. I remember being in my early 20s in the mid-90s and watching the first couple UFC matches on, on videotape. That's how long ago it was, right? You had it on VHS. And that was when it was just a hodgepodge. You had the sumo guy versus the martial arts guy, the Krav Maga versus the boxer. Well, when you first saw that when, and you first saw that type of competition, what was your reaction? I actually thought it was more of like a freak show at first, like like – you know, I think we're America was looking at it that way, and um, I'm not sure why, but obviously, you know, obviously, I quickly fell in love with it. And um, my first, I, I had two pro fights in 2003 and four, I think, um, and that's when Fo I signed with Fox in 2004. And um, but again, I yeah, I was cornering guys, and uh, man, I, I look. For me, I think it's so special and almost majestic that I got in on a sport when it started, if you will. You know, I know it's been around for a long time. You know, shoot, Bruce Lee was kind of, you know, had the it, mixed martial arts, you know, understanding and, you know, Helio Gracie and the guys, that, I mean, it's been around, but really, um, and I try and tell people this, how honored I am that it's like we got involved in the NFL in 1925, like at the start of something that became big. And, you know, I, I used to go out with my friends. By then, I had visibility, right? And my friends, like, nobody knew who Randy was. And then all of a sudden, you know, people, hey, what's with your friend with the, with the ears? Ah, don't, 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 you guys don't want to do that. Don't say it, you know? And then literally, like, the next year, the Ultimate Fighter would come out. And the next year, was like, oh, my God, you know Randy Couture? Like, yeah, dude, you guys, it's the same guy I had last year that you all make fun <laughs> of his ears. And um, it just, it just took off so fast. But, yeah, look, there's... Nate Diaz said it once. He said the sport institutionalizes you, and it does. I'm 51 years old, and I still spar every week, train every week. I am really proud of my scars that I got from doing this sport. I, I'm not a good fighter. Like, I, I'm really – I'm not at all. Um, but my job when I get in a cage with you, you're probably going to win, but I'm going to make it a horrible day for you. That's <laughs> all I care about. Like, I don't hunt the wins. I just care to make it like this is going to be so awful for you because I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to not stop and not stop and not stop. And um, that's something I got from, from Couture 
that we took to a, a different level. And you know, I trained with Henzo Gracie in the early days. I got choked out in my first fight because it was all style versus style. And I didn't know any jujitsu. I was a boxer wrestler. So then I said, well, I better go learn this stuff. And went over Henzo's and, and man, some of my best friends on the planet, like Jay Haran, uh, who I met all the way back then are still like, we're still together. It's such a, a beautiful community. And, you know, it's funny because fighters are probably the most vulnerable emotionally of anybody you'll ever be around. Like no one's crushing our man. So we can open up to each other. We can cry to each other. We can get really cool and vulnerable with each other. So those relationships for me are really strong. Just a little reminder that we had a little hiccup of some technical difficulties in the first interview. So we're going to jump right in and get into a slightly different angle of the conversation right here. So, Jay, at what point did you make that transition from being a fighter to, to training other people, to taking your experience of what you learned and, and starting to train and condition others? Well, my boss at Fox said, you ain't doing this anymore. <laughs> That's about it. And they're like, I'm like, why not? And they're like, we're not having you come on TV like this. I'm like, why? Well, I'm clearly not on TV for my looks. Who cares? <laughs> they didn't really understand it back then. But for me, like coaching, martial arts for me is, is more about my mental health. Um, and that fighter, that kind of fight, it, 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 we say it unbreakable, we build you up from the inside out. And so I couldn't stop. It institutionalizes you, and I learned how to start coaching guys. And what I did was I created the first mixed martial arts cross-training program for pro athletes, right, for football players and, and all sports. And what I did was I gave them that fighter mentality. And the way we fight at unbreakable is a lot of nonverbal stuff. And it's really Randy Couture's system that I just – ramped up took from him and then took from others so like man we do a lot behind our rib cage in between our ears like in, in between rounds our fighters do not take stools in between rounds like if we are hurt or tired you will never ever fucking know and you know as we start ramping up our pace we're just relentless 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 you know most people sign up for a sport they ain't sign up for a fighter get taken into deep waters and so if i can give that mentality to football players Look how big, fast, strong they are. Think of how great they could be, how unbreakable they could be. By pushing our breaking points, we could perform that way on a football field or a cage. And I would tell these guys, like, listen, man, we're doing five-minute rounds with one-minute break here in, in the cage. You damn sure could do a seven-second round with a one-minute break on a football field. But think about that. And the same time, football players have such a high sport IQ. They're so smart. And, like, man – they're the best poker players in the world. The quarterback goes like this. They'll tell or a left guard, at least be a guard for the Eagles. Every time his elbow went like this, it meant that Donovan McNabb was bootlegging to the left side. Right? Every time the right tackle's foot was up a certain way, and this coming to me from, from Michael Strand, who played against John Runyon, however his right foot was told everything. Receivers, when they're getting the ball, sometimes they'll be in their stance two inches down. And when they're not, they're more upright. And it's just like little things. And you got to make adjustments on the fly, sometimes with an audible, or sometimes all 11 of you have to see the same thing, make the same side adjustment. But if you watch this film, and I, and I have the, have the, I don't know if I'd say pleasure, of watching all this film with Michael Strahan over the years. And really, for me, I mean, it killed me with my ADD. But and he was like, Jay, look at this, look at this. I'm like, what are you looking at? He's like, look, 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 look at this guy's fingers on this play. He does this when they're going to have a... a Play action. There's what? Like, look, his pinky started going like that. What are you talking about? Like, but I took that and I started giving it to our fighters. 
guys, let's start watching film. Let's start looking for tells. Let's start using that. So if I could take the football smarts and transfer here and the fighter mentality and transfer here, that's where it all worked. And for me, it's been beautiful. And then what I did was I took all that and instead of just being a, a gym for athletes, I opened up Unbreakable. It's athletes was too seasonal. And I wanted to give that same mentality, the same fight team to the, the, the rich and famous and the successful people uh, in LA that need a private place that could look bad. So what I mean is the only way I'm gonna get better is if I look shitty doing something, right? I have to learn something, I'm gonna be terrible at it. Well, if I go to other you know big box gyms, I can't do that because people are taking pictures and their photo and I wanna be able to get better. So I've gotta be able to check my ego at the door. So if you come in unbreakable, man, they don't come in there with their managers or agents or nothing like that. We all check our ego at the door. My gym has no mirrors in it, not one mirror. I was just about to ask you that. I, I saw your tour of the gym. I was looking at it on YouTube, and I was going to ask you, like, why why the no mirror mindset? I, I love that, and I'm 100% with you, but why specifically do you, do you take that approach? Because I don't want anybody else's back turned to the rest of the team. We're in this shit together. That's it. I'm trying to build a fight team, and, and not a literal fight team, because we don't do as much of that anymore. We had. But I just want everybody in our place to know, hey, you got a fight team walking these walks, walk with you outside our doors. And if you're sitting there looking at yourself in a mirror, you're not helping your team out. So we have a team. And then the other thing I did in Unbreakable, you're going to talk about building us from the inside out. I think I became the first gym in America to put a mental health therapist right there on site. So our clients can go get anywhere from 10 minutes to a full hour session. And like for me, um, my charity came about and the way we talk, like after I'm in the cage with Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, and we beat the dog shit out of each other, that's when I, the emotions come out. That's when I, that's when we talk about our many divorces. There's been a lot between the three of us. That's when we've, uh, we talk about our issues. That's when, we, that's when we get really vulnerable. So I'm like, it'd be a great place. And the, you know, again, like I said, the world's a scarier place with social media. We're all comparing ourselves to, Everybody else's fake filtered fraction of a second. We all feel left out. I don't care who you are. We all feel feel left out nowadays. We feel like our own lives suck, and it's uh, it's a hard life. Well, and I was watching. I watched your interview with, with Lane Johnson, and and I. That's actually the one good thing about the little break we had is is that you were able to have that interview. Why is it? What is it about competing? Whether it's football, whether it's it's MMA, or whether it's life. What is it about that competition? that can make us vulnerable, that can make us a little bit vulnerable. I mean, in your experience, in terms of athletes, what's that? I mean, after we're done training is when, man, the endorphins just release, so you're able to do it. But the other end of it, I mean, I'm almost contradicting how we go because I'm telling our fighters, don't show any pain, right? Don't show it. If I break my elbow, you will never, ever, ever know. I've trained with so much bad shit, and I, I take honor in that. Like, you'll never know, and I'll just ramp it up on you. But at the same time, I want us all to know what your pain is behind the ribcage or your pain is behind the ears. So I want us to know. So again, when we're in the cage, I'm not going to show it. But outside the cage, I, I make us an unbreakable. You have to do as much pre-cover and recover. We, we recover you as hard as we train you. So I want people to know, hey, that means your heart too. So when you're outside the cage, I want you to go sit with our therapist. I want you to talk to the group. I want you to say, hey, man, I'm struggling this week. Hey, like, again, vulnerabilities are true strength. And if we could do that, you know, I'm building this community where you'll have people who you never, ever, ever expected 
Like I'll see Wiz Khalifa over there and he'll sit over there. I'm like, hey, 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 what's up, man? Roommates in your head getting chilly. He's like, yeah, man, this is going on today. I'm like, fuck, let's sit and talk about it. We sit in the cage, we talk, you know? And it's sometimes I've been in there and Wiz has said to me, what are the roommates in your head saying to you right now? I'm like, fuck, it's a bad day, Wiz. Come on, man, let's go talk. And then, hey, let's go train. Let's get it out. It's just a beautiful thing. You know, training comes from the inside out. Unbreakable, we build you from the inside out. Well, talk, and that's our products too. Like, our, our whole thing is, you know, we build you from the inside out with our protein and our aminos and our, uh, our pre workout drink, which I freaking live on now. Um, and um, it's, it, I, I used to take a lot of amphetamines, let's say. <laughs> uh, totally got me off Adderall. Like, man, it's great. Got it off of everything. And, um, and it doesn't give me the jitters. It's just enough. Um, but it's, it, you know, we build you from the inside. We want you, you know, to put in the proper nutrition to build yourself here. But we also are trying to, like I said, build you here and here, just the way we, we are as a community. We train and coach together. And that's led to us having this MVP uh, charity as well, where same thing. I wanted to just build a community there. So every Wednesday night at Unbreakable, we bring in 100 combat vets. It's not like five of them. We have 100 combat vets and ex-pro athletes together where we train to give you that burn. And then we just sit on the wrestling mat. We talk out all our shit. Talk out things that the rest of the world really probably won't understand. But we understand each other. And like I'm trying to get everybody there to understand, like, man, they, they finish up with the military. They finish up with football. And they're just trying to fit in and be a face of the crowd. And I'm like, fuck that. Be the crowd. Let's be our own crowd. Like, be different, not, oh, I'm different. No, I'm different. Different is good. Different leads to success. And when you remind them that their greatness with what was behind the uniform, no one reminds them that anymore. Once we remind them of that again and we give them a team, their greatness, I mean, we're now in seven cities, six years, and, you know, the number of suicides we had in our, our group, um, before they joined MVP was a very, 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 very high number. And since then, we have lost uh, one. Mm -hmm. One. One. In six well, years. The thing I was thinking about, Jay, and, and, and up inside. the thing I was thinking about is you're working with a population when these guys are young men, whether they're athletes in, on the field or, or in the ring, or they're, they're, they're in combat and they're training for that. They're very mission-oriented. They're very goal-oriented. They're very team-focused. And then what happens? What is that like when all of a sudden you go from that environment where you're so close and everybody's working towards the same goal, then all of a sudden you're released out into the world and you don't have that support system. You don't have your mates, your buddies, your friends right there because it happens with both athletes and soldiers. That's why I think – so with MVP, what, what have you seen? What type of reaction or what type of purpose does it give people to get in the program? Not only that, think about this. For their whole lives, especially athletes, they've been told where to go, when to go, who to sit with, who to eat with, vets, who to go with, who to sit with, who to eat with. You're just, oh, and like as one of our one of our MVPers, um, actually two of them together, one, Cammy Craig, who is a uh, two-time gold medalist and silver medalist in water polo. And um, she retired and she went through mental health struggles. She's like, I was a child. Like everybody always told me where to go, when I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden, like, she's like, I went from like kindergarten to junior high. Like all of a sudden I have my own locker. I got my own schedule. Where do I go? I don't know. And our vets were saying the same exact thing. Like, man, we've been, we signed up when we were 17. We got out when we were 27. 
we miss the whole, hey, this is how you do a checkbook. This is how you live, right? And it's, there's no, so I created a support system for them. And for them, as much for me, like I needed teams so the roommates in my head talk nicely to each other. My depression and anxiety is bad. And it's from a variety of things, but it's from the earliest memory I have. And, and that's the other thing, Jay, is I think as we get a little bit older, and you and I are about the same age, because I remember back to being a young man, you never want to show your vulnerability. You had this, like, you put on this armor of, look how tough I am. But now, like you're sharing this weekend, I watched your show, and you're talking about you reach out to some of your buddies when, when you're, going, you're going through something. Do you think that something about maturing and becoming a little bit older allows you to be a little more comfortable about being vulnerable? Well, I think at one point I said, man, no one's questioned my manhood. Like I've, it's not the stuff that I've done to Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. It's the shit that's done that they've done to me. <laughs> be a bad motherfucker. Scars are what makes me a bad motherfucker, right? Nothing else. My scars. I've got these scars. So I'm like, well, no one's questioned my manhood. See, I could cry. I could be open. No one's going to think I'm a wuss. And if I could do it, then other people are going to think they do it too. And when I started doing it in MVP, and all these vets started crying and opening up and saying things that were so incredible. Um, and we had combat vets said, yeah, I, I left, like opening up in front of a group of 100, 100 people. I went to the military because I was molested as a child and I was just kept victimized. So I went to the military to go get saved. And then when I was done, I could, clearly couldn't go back home. I had nowhere to go, so I was homeless. And li listen, seven of my employees at MVP, I met them when they were, they were homeless. And now they're full on employees for MVP. These people are great. Our combat vets, man, they have to make decisions the drop of a dime out there so fast at least in fighting we get a minute in between rounds in football you get 45 seconds in between plays in combat you don't have that they don't give themselves enough credit because they're told not to have individuality they're told not to talk about it well the rest of the world we pump up our resumes they hide their resume that's got to fucking change i want to be the one to help change that and one once they they are kind of reminded it's okay. Like once they start talking about it, like I, God blessed me with the ability to communicate. So I'm the mouthpiece, but I learned most of this stuff from them. We have these huddles of a hundred people and the things I learned from them are just incredibly magical. The things they learned from me, um, it's, a, it's really a give, give, and it's beautiful. That's where we've been able to save a lot of lives. And just like suicide is not an option for our crew where it used to be an option. And my hope, um, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing this book, this unbreakable book. I'm giving a lot of the lessons in my book that's coming out that we learned from MVP to the rest of the world. Cause I think it's going to be this group of veterans and athletes that if we can give them our lessons and we've had so much success there. You know, when I did the interview with Lane Johnson this week, we get several messages from people who said they were going to commit suicide that day. And now they won't. It's like, man, I, I thought well, this was only happening to me. You guys talked about it. You too. I'm going to go get help today. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm Listen, I'm fucked up, but I'm proud of my fucked upness. I'm good with it. Well, one of the things I was, when I was listening to this stuff, Jay, and I was watching this, I'm sober. I've been sober. I've been in and out of recovery for a number of years. I've dealt with depression. So that's one of the reasons why this is so important because I see it, a lot of people I see it in recovery. I've met a lot of veterans in recovery. I've met a lot of former athletes in recovery, and there's a lot of drug use and alcohol use of people trying to cover up these exact feelings. So as we wrap up here, I want to be very respectful of your time, and I know you got a lot going on, but can you share with us, I mean, I know what you just said about reducing 
suicide is so important. But is there like one one example of what you can give, just how you've seen somebody turn it around and then let people know how they can get involved. If they have family members, a, a veteran that might be suffering, how could they get involved in MVP? Yeah, well, um, just go to vetsandplayers.org. We are free, free, every combat vet, every pro athlete. And we need to build these teams because you never know what you're going to learn from. Uh, like we had, we actually had a, an executive come in not too long ago and for the first time opened up and said, he's crying. He's never told anybody else, but our group saying, you know, my child, it turns out has autism and she's 14 and we never knew. And she's had all these other issues. And now I'm so angry. The doctors never told us. And one of our vets said, okay, here's what you're going to have to do because I take care of both my siblings. who are both adult autism. And here's the challenges and here's how you have to do it. Like the, the, the brilliance in this room, the connectivity like, that we learn from each other, we can handle anything together, right? You got fighters and war fighters and football fighters in there, man, we could handle anything together. But what I tell people out there is, man, you never know what lies around next Tuesday. For those who are struggling, find a way to be of service. Like for me, this helps me. Find a team, but find a way to be of service. That may mean, Go volunteer or some, some place that's going to make you feel good, whether it's with the elderly or children or an animal shelter or the homeless or just it doesn't have to cost you anything or it could cost you a lot, but be of service and keep doing it. And then for those who are, you know, the reason why we have such great success is I tell our crew, listen, it's a hard world out there. So we're all comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second on Instagram. It's bullshit. We're not meant to see so much hate and to feel so left out. So all of a sudden you think, well, my life sucks, but Johnny just killed himself. And everybody's saying, oh my gosh, Johnny, I love Johnny. And you're going, well, I want that kind of love, so I'm going to do it. So that's how it becomes a quick epidemic. But the biggest thing that I've been able to change with them is I throw the elephant in the room. We had a day where one of our, our, um, one of our guy's teammates killed himself. And he was going to see this guy on a Saturday. Guy called him Friday. And he didn't take the call Friday because he's like, I'm just going to see him the next day. And he killed himself. And he's in the room and goes, I have to live with that pain forever. And I said, that's not you, dude. It has nothing to do with you. That's not, and I said, for everybody in this room, we had 100 people in the room. I said, show of hands in here, how many of y'all have tried to kill yourself? 80 hands go up. I said, okay, how bad do you feel for him right now? Like, oh, terrible. Okay, well, this is what you would have left behind. This is what you would have left behind. And I said, do you think... And you're all crying in this room right now. You think that your your friend, who's whatever afterlife you believe in, you think he's in the afterlife right now, seeing all y'all cry and be like, yes, and doing the happy dance? Or do you think he's sitting up there going, no, fuck, I didn't want to do this to my brothers. What did I do? No, I wish I could have a give back. I wish I could take it back. Well, this is your chance to have a get back. This is your chance to see what it would have been like. And that's why we don't fucking do it. And it's just clicked. Just click. That, that's awesome, man. Get them around, man. Because there's there's been some people we have that, you know, we have a vet named Kirstie Ennis. Go look her up. Amazing. And she's tried three times and asked me for fourth to let her go. I'm like, no, KE, you're going to save too many people. You can't do it. We need you here. And you never know what lies around next Tuesday. And she didn't do it because I, I said, not letting you do it. And we need you. And she has since, thank God she didn't, she has saved a lot of other people's lives. Holy, especially she's an amputee. She's mm. So many amputees. That's why we have to do. It. We need to hold on there for each other. 
And, and to wrap up real quick, how important is it to grab somebody and, and share when you're just having one of those days? I love the fact, I love this, this concept of the roommates in your head. And, and, but how important is it to grab somebody and just say, you know what, today's not the best day for me? Yeah, and it was so weird. Like, man, I, I straight hands my best friend. And only, like, I, I tell Harry Long and I tell Kurt Menefee when I'm having bad days. And Howie sometimes will see it because Howie used to be crazy. So Howie will see and go, hey, hey, put me in a room. Hey, the world's not ending. And you can't tell me that. Like, in my mind, like, I don't want it. Here's the thing, too. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to live with this abuser. Okay? But I ain't going to fucking let it win. It did for a while. It's not going to win. But here's my best friend, Michael Strahan. And two weeks ago, I got woken up by this wave of doom. I got woken up. Like, my life is just ending. Everything's horrible. Oh, man. And um, and I was supposed to go to dinner with Strahan that night. And I called him. I said, hey, man, I can't make it to dinner tonight. He said, why? I said, man, I just, my depression and anxiety just kicked my ass, bro. I feel like I've come out of a 50-round fight. I just, I just need, I just want to go to sleep and get, and he said to me, can I come over and talk about it? And I said, nah, I'm all right. He goes, what do you need from me? I said, I think I just need to get some sleep and, and, and hope that tomorrow is a better day. And he said, why have you never told me about this? I've been friends with you for 30 years. Why? Like he knew I had it by, but I've never said that to him. Why have you never told me about these? I said, ah, fuck, I don't know. Because there's a shame. Like Lane Johnson said in the interview, we have this shame. Now I'm trying to take that shame out. And like, had I not had shame, my best friend would have been able to help me for 30 years. Instead, I wasn't willing to take, I let my ego get in the way and I didn't want to be ashamed. And he and I, Michael and I compete, we're so competitive. So I guess that was going to show the weakness. And because of that ego that involved, I didn't have a chance to have my best friend help me for 30 years. And man, I regret that. But now uh, I can turn to him and his reaction was fucking beautiful. So for everybody out there, if you're ashamed or afraid to tell your friends, everybody I've told, it has gotten me closer together, together with them. This past year, I was the first time I sat with Rondé Barber, who has been one of my best friends I've ever had it, since, the, I, since he got drafted. And we have a whole crew together, me, him, a guy named Ben Helfund and Brian Radigan. And, and Raheem Morris is in that group too. And I was down at the Super Bowl and I had one of those days and I said, hey man, I need to see all you guys. So what's up? He, he thought I was making some big announcement. I said, hey man, I just need to see you, man. I'm, and then I, I kind of really told them how bad my depression and anxiety is. And they're like, why have you never told us this before? I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing now. So that's what I'm doing now with people to get them to understand. But the other thing I want you to understand, I'm not using it as a crutch. Like my depression and anxiety has led me to be this successful. Right? My lack of ability to love myself from the inside has made me do all these great things on the outside to make me feel some love. So I'm not going to let it end me I'm going to continue to have it empower me. And, and so your unbreakable line of supplements supports the MVP program and people can get those from GNC. How, I mean, what type of, what type of supplements you have? Cause I'd love that tie in. Cause you're making, cause look, training dude is about getting through hard stuff. Training is about making yourself better. And that's what you're talking about with this MVP program. You're just bringing people together. And so unbreakable supplements at GNC, they go to support this program, right? Absolutely. So for, not only the portion of the proceeds uh, goes to uh, support MVP, but the CEO, Josh Burris, um, donated, he pledged a million dollars already, 
which we've been able to open two chapters as a result. We're going to open a third, and they are all in. Like, they're so all in. And, again, they're like, this stands for something. And I asked them, I went out there, I said, how many products do you know stand for something? Like, this is, this is saving lives. When I tell you how many suicide attempts we had before us and it getting erased to just one, it's pretty damn glaring. So we need this out there. And with GNC's help, um, so you could then um, go and when you're at the register or, on, or online, you could round up to the nearest dollar or even more. Um, they, are, they have all these different promotions throughout the year, but man, they've saved a lot of lives already. And, you know, they're also helping us. One of my messages too is like our veterans, and I want them to be proud of what they've done. A lot of them live in shame because they're told not to talk about it. Fuck that. You got to start being proud of your scars. And, you know, our football players, it's not, oh, I used to play in the NFL. Motherfucker, you played in the NFL, right? And you play in the NFL is not who you are. What's behind your rib cage that got you to be out millions and millions and millions? That's who you are. That doesn't suddenly just leave when the uniform comes off. And I put them with the vets because it brings the vets up, right? And the vets bring them up. And But our combat vets, they go, all these great things. And they come back over here and they're like, oh, I'm different. Like, no, dude, you're different. Different is good. Different leads to success. Okay, but somebody needs to tell them that. We're the ones that are going to carry the torch to get them to understand that what makes them different needs to be embraced so they can be successful. And it's just been, it's been beautiful. We got a lot of them off disability. Um, again, because we want our scars to empower us. We don't want our scars to debilitate us. That's awesome, Jay. Well, I'll leave it there. Uh, where can people get information about Unbreakable, what you're doing? I know you've got a killer Instagram feed. I've been following you just the last couple weeks. I love seeing what you're doing and the, and the stuff you put out on it. But where can people get more information about Unbreakable and find out how you're helping veterans save their lives? Yeah, go to um, – we have Instagram. We're at Unbreakable GNC. Um, my Instagram as well, uh, GNC Liberal, but also just go to our website, uh, MVP, Vets and Players. Uh, .org, vetsandplayers.org. And yes, please go buy our supplement line. Again, a portion of those proceeds goes directly to saving our veterans. Wow, man. Sometimes when you talk to somebody like that, Jay Glazer reminds me a lot of Todd Durkin. And, and Todd Durkin, for those of you that don't know, Todd Durkin's a strength coach based here in San Diego. Uh, Todd has worked with a number of NFL players and he's a high level performer himself. He's been on the podcast a number of times and I was recently on Todd's podcast. But hanging out with somebody like Jay or hanging out with somebody like Todd is trying to drink from a fire hose. It's like drinking espresso from a fire hose. They're just all in. They're just bundle of energy. They're, they're really excited about what they're doing and they're very amped up. And it's really interesting to hear Jay talk about his experience and his background and what he's doing with that now. And I think a lot of us are dealing with some sort of mental health issues or a lot of us have things in our background that we try to cover up and we try to, and then we realize we can't do that. We can't shoulder that. We can't carry that burden. I mean, for me, that's one of the reasons why I stay active in, in Alcoholics Anonymous and, and other programs is, you know what? It, it's a network. And that's what Jay was talking about, getting together with his athletes and, and the veterans and, and talking about things and connecting and sharing. And that's one of the things that we do in AA is, is we talk about with life, what's happening, what's, what's, what's happening to us today, and what can we do today to get through life without having to take a drink or a drug. Then, you know, I haven't worked AA perfectly. I don't want to sit there and, and shout and fly my flag by any stretch of the imagination. I say it because I can relate to this, because I can relate to that daily struggle. I can relate to sometimes waking up and, and not wanting to get out of bed or not wanting to leave the house and, and just wanting to. I mean, I've had depression so bad where I just 
waves, waves just wash over me and I can't, physically unable to do anything. And I have to fundamentally will myself to get my butt up and moving. But here's the thing, once you start moving or once you get around other people, you feel better automatically. So if you're one of those people, if you're, you ever experience an episode, if you ever are having a bad day, do what you can to get out of the house. Go be with somebody. Go be around other people. Just going to the gym, even if you take a class, even if you sit in the back and just goof off through it, you're going to feel better. And that's been my experience. If you really want to feel better, you got to be around other people. At the end of the conversation, Jay was talking about being of service. I've never left anything where I've been of service or gone somewhere feeling worse than when I started. I've walked into some situations, like Jay was talking about hanging out with Strahan. I've walked into a few situations going, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to be around people. I just want to be, I want to isolate. But once you get around people, once you interact with people, all of a sudden the world changes. It really does. So if you, if you experience that, if you deal with that, do what you can do to be out and around other people. If you have friends, family that they're going through the same things, be as supportive as possible. Try to get them in a program like MVP. See what you can do to help them. Because we can't, we, mental health is something we don't talk about enough in the society. Thankfully, that stigma is changing. Thankfully, we're, we're becoming more aware of it. We're becoming, we're talking about it from a much, a much more important issue. And that's one of the big reasons why I want to have this conversation with Jay and to share it with you, frankly, and to bring it to you. So with that, this was a special edition. I'm trying to get this out before Veterans Day. There's a very special, uh, very special population. If you buy supplements, consider trying the Unbreakable line at GNC. You will be supporting the MVP program. You will be helping veterans. You will be helping people save themselves and deal with their mental health issues. So, hey, you can follow me, All About Fitness Podcast, on Instagram. And go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's my website, my blog, PeteMcCallFitness.com. You can follow me there. You can sign up for my blog, my emails, and learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. And that's exactly what we did today and what we talked about today. Thank you to Jake Laser for your time. Thank you to Taylor who helped set it up. And thank you for GNC for making Jay available. And thank you for listening. And as always, thanks for stopping by. I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.